Hello everyone, my name's George and I'm just one slice of the creative team behind the new acapella Edinburgh Fringe Show 1001 Open Mic Nights. I'm the director and the producer of the show. I love acapella and what I lack in talent, I make up for in enthusiasm. Hi, I'm Charlie, I'm co-music director and I'll be lending my PR and marketing skills to the show. Hi, I'm Rob and I'm the other co-music director of 1001 Open Mic Nights and acapella fan extraordinaire, known from such occasions as that one time I watched all three Pitch Perfect movies back to back alone in my room. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 1001 Open Mic Nights podcast. In this episode we talk about how we went about creating the story, what we did to write the script and what it means to be creative in a capitalist society. You don't think we can get through all that in an hour? Well just listen in and find out. Hi guys! Hello! Welcome back. Welcome back. Bonjour. Oh, oh, we're going into. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> bonsoir. It's like the video of Robert Sheeran going, bonsoir. I like that one. Bonsoir. That's funny. Has no one seen that? <laughs> that fell on. We are in high spirits today, aren't we? <laughs> Very clearly. This is this is probably the most excited intro you'll have us do, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of chaotic energy. Mm, I love it. <laughs> it's coming at you I, th- I think we are we're all just talking at once we're all just being like here's Yay. here's a yes. welcome here is the acapella woo <laughs> <laughs> but how are we doing let's start with Charlie how are you how's your week been I'm good I'm good in the hood as they say I, I always that. say I always say I'm good in the hood as they say I have not heard anyone say good in the hood like legitimately but I'm good in the hood yay um, Love to see it. Yeah, I mean, not done much this week. You'll be pleased to know I have had an MS hot chocolate, the MS orange <gasps> hot chocolate. If you are an avid fan of our podcast series, you will know from last week that this has been a, a dream of mine, an obsession, some may say. Um, so, yeah, I'm pleased to report that it's a thumbs up from me for the MS orange hot chocolate. On, oh, on a scale amazing. of one to. It's Christmas Day. How yeah. did it make you feel? A strong fall. And I say that because, to me, orange hot chocolate, or orange chocolate more generally, is not necessarily just Christmas. Mm. No, really? So, there you go. I mean, yes, the Terry's chocolate orange should be there and available and around for Christmas. However, it's not just a, a Christmas thing for me. It's Jaffa Cakes. There we go. Jaffa Cakes not Christmas thing. Well, in, exactly, yeah. We've got um, oh. orange and cranberry Jaffa Cakes, actually. I haven't tried Stop. them yet. But they are... I've, I have realised that I am... A, well, I don't know what... This isn't a recent realisation, but I am a sucker for special edition stuff. But, like, it does... It's not, ju- it's not just one variety of thing. It's anything. If it's gingerbread we'll get it if it's Christmassy we'll get it I picked up a box of cornflakes the other day just because it had Father Christmas on it I'm not I a particular that. fan of cornflakes but I'm gonna eat the whole box now just because Father Christmas told me Happy to day. it's a commitment it's a commitment I just don't want I don't want to disappoint Father Christmas I mean I, I still want to be on the nice list so exactly? I've got to buy everything that has his face on <laughs> it's okay George though because Tesco have decided unanimously in their advert this year that there is no naughty list. No, I don't know why Tesco it? get to decide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I rate that thing. I like I that like advert. That. But how are you, George? How are you in, in general life? Other than the whole Christmas 
Other, other than all of my Christmas, cold. I'm just joining into this sort of capitalist society that's taking advantage of me. But what? <laughs> um, I'm thriving, nevertheless. <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing much has gone down. I have. I don't know what else I've done this week. I've gone for a couple of runs this week. I didn't go for any runs last week, so I think that's still a win for Team George. Um, yes, absolutely. Other than claps that, for George. Yeah, snaps and claps. All right, not too loud though, because you don't want to hurt anyone's ears. Um, we've already overwhelmed yes. them once. Um, yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just fine, just fine being me. What about you, Rob? How are you? I'm also. I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderfully. Um, <laughs> I yeah. I've been working away doing this fun new little job at a local bakery thing keeping it all under wraps because it's a very well it's not actually a top secret project but it's something that i'm you know we're in the early stages of of developing a new a new kind of like business venture so um, (laughs) you're gonna say a new bread a new bread to be a fair. new bread is in the pipeline <laughs> like you've never seen before they do always come up with brand new breads I don't know how they do it and they're all they're all so incredibly tasty I just yeah you know I'm 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 not gonna survive this in the same figure that I am now because I'm just eating so many croissants <laughs> and so much bread um but yeah otherwise what fine. a way to live I mean well yeah what better way to spend my life than eating sourdough like it's very locked down. Absolutely. I feel. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was a really, really boring segue into like. No, but you've got to sort of own your boringness at this point. I think if you can't say like, look, everything's a bit boring, mm-hmm. but if we just fully invested it, then it's fine. I I enjoyed this week, so this is yeah. a classic George housewife behaviour. Um, I spent all day on Thursday organising the cupboards in the kitchen. Did I feel great after it? Yeah, sure I did. Can I admit there was an awful waste of time? Happy Probably. But I'm <laughs> so it's fine. But do you know what? It means in the future you will be more time efficient. Exactly. So really, you're saving time. This a stitch in time to... saves nine. Oh, I like that. I really <laughs> like that. Good phrase. No, so we're all sorted. But in terms of time management and being productive, guys, why don't we talk about writing a script oh she oh, did it that's is she a professional i think so <laughs> i can't wait in post-production just to cut out that entire thing and just replace <laughs> yeah. it with a transition to spite you <laughs> <laughs> but yes what we're going to be talking about today is the script script writing writing in general Ooh. our script perhaps yeah see where we end up what's gonna happen Yeah, because as you hopefully by this point, three episodes in are aware, George, our lovely George, has been doing a lot of the like, or basically literally all of the script writing and producey stuff because she she has all of the experience and the skills and has done a very wonderful job of taking the lead with it and steering us through this mystery that is people talking to each other in a fake (laughs) world that who, feels yeah. real <laughs> who knew that was so difficult because you literally i feel like you, you obviously you have conversations every single day but then as soon as you think you sit down and think about like what do people sound like when they talk to each other you're like i don't know i don't i i have how many conversations how many people have i spoken to in my life how many people have i listened to speaking on the bus or like sat and thought about what they, and you just you just don't know it takes so yeah. long to be able to think about <laughs> what do people say when they say things <laughs> and I, I think that has genuinely been the most common 
the most common comment between all of us when we've been reviewing the script or reading through a scene is like, is this what normal real people would say? And it's like, whether it stays in the script is if it's able to answer that question with a yes, then it stays. And if it's a no, then it's like, yeah, we should probably, you know, actually make it feel like it's not just like two robots being like, here's a story. (laughs) We're going to lay it out in front of you. (laughs) Word for word. (laughs) I'm just waiting till the next time I get to sing, guys. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You just wait. But it's 100% that thing of like, it's either weird conversations that people are having in the script or it's things that I wrote or that we thought of in the first time and then you just get like attached to them and you get I, I think as with writing anything whether it's fiction or non-fiction you have certain sentences where you're like that's bomb that's amazing that is my killer statement that's gonna sell the whole thing and it's just not it's just that you convince yourself you're like that's great <laughs> this is next level amazing <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as you read it out loud you're suddenly like oh no i have no. done a, a boo-boo but um yeah. i mean i think it's interesting though how this show has developed because one thing i i quite uh, i'm interested in talking about is like the difference between how we've written this show and how you wrote the script for the show we did in final year of being part of the songsmiths because i think especially with acapella fringe shows, a lot mm. of the time the script tends to come after the music. But, but yeah. this time we did it quite differently. Just with that last bit, it depends on the priority though, because I think for a lot of people, priority is competition it, at uni level. So you, it's then what can I do with the music to make it into a show? Yeah. For us, it's been different. But George, you, you go, you go. Well, no, because that's the thing. So when we we've take we've done one Edinburgh show so far, um, with the Songsmiths, and I think a lot of that we saw a lot of acapella shows at Fringe in two thousand nineteen, didn't we? And I think it is that it's we've got all these amazing songs that we have made that we have arranged and performed and like done, done a competition or like we've done throughout the year that we want to show people what's the best format to showcase those songs. So whilst we still kept that idea at like the core of what we're doing, we've almost treated them the same but different. So whereas it's not one's more important than the other, it's like how can what these characters are saying support what they then go on to sing later on or what what how how does this song serve the narrative of where we're going so it is that it's hand in hand rather than like this is far more important than this other thing because I feel like if if we just wanted to do a concert we could just do a concert if we just wanted to release some music videos we could just do that but I think it adds an extra level to be like how can we fit how can we make all this stuff fit in and make sense and still work but as well like it is just we it's a luxury to be able to work this way because when we took this when we did 10 things it was the, sh- the stories got to come afterwards because we were so focused on so many other- we, well we had lots more things going on in life back like then. degrees <laughs> and just by the way 10 things that was the acapella show 10 things i hate about acapella and it was actually really fun and it doesn't sound it but it was great yay <laughs> watch it now on youtube <laughs> Turns out we don't hate anything about acapella. I don't know if you knew that. Surprise! Oh my god! You can actually watch that on YouTube if you wanted yeah. to. I mean, I watch it every night before I go to bed. I don't. Uh, you wouldn't be surprised though. Um, but you can watch that on YouTube. Um, yes. So it is that for that one, we had to 
do the show after we'd done the songs and like some of the songs charlie wrote for arranged like later on like it was that it was a bit okay arranged sorry charlie she wrote some of them um you know, she arranged you know that after we done some i think that's a charlie strachan original right there's some guy like called elton something and he keeps on trying to claim credit for it but charlie wrote it last year no, he's wrong um, but yes, anyway, the luxury we've had this time. Sorry, I've, I've lost my train sorry. of thought. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, oh, no. Yes, the luxury that we've got to have this time was that we could have it going hand in hand and also um, adapt, rewrite, sort of streamline everything in the same in the same space and then also as we've had people singing it and people saying it we've changed things like we're still changing the script now but we started writing it in what like april yeah so it's like oh this is actually to this is a good a good little nugget of information this is the longest time i've worked on a script that wasn't my dissertation script this is the second the second longest time i've worked on a script i wonder by the (laughs) i wonder by the end of you know august will that be then longer than dissertation crazy crazy yeah yeah it will be because that was only not eight months i mean really you say it's eight months it was probably like one <laughs> month in that um I just spaced it out for a while and like for this one i've probably done like a day's <laughs> worth of work i'm checking i think i've done a bit more than that yeah i would like to think <laughs> the amount of like toil and labor that's gone into this that's probably more than a day but who knows i guess really I actually just hired someone else to write it and I'm yeah. masquerading, you know, that's written. just, <laughs> that's what we're doing, yeah. yeah. So I'm like Zoella. Yeah, <laughs> I love the way that's everyone, anyone who is like millennial slash Gen Z, their reference when they talk about ghostwriting is always Zoella and it's like thousands of other people have been, have done ghostwriting before, but like she is the one real famous no, case. she invented it. She yeah. Invented she... Just like Charlie with Crocodile Rocky, it was never done before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, speaking of, like, what's your usual, how do you go about normally, like, for your dissertation or for any other scripts you've done, like, what is your, mm. did you use the same process this time, or what is your normal process? I don't know, I think, in terms of starting, you just have to start, whereas, like, I think I am much more of a planner in life, so I have to know what I'm doing, but I didn't know how much you had to plan, like, writing a narrative, and, like, it is one of those things where you need to know, you don't need to know. I guess this is me just regurgitating what I learned on that masters. But essentially it's, you need to know the systems in order to break them. So you have to know like the seven story archetypes that are out there and like the structure of things and like in order to subvert genre or, or style or like a particular narrative, you've got to know what it is in the first mm. place. So if the, the people that are the most like avant-garde and out there they will have known what it is to be normal and what the normal narrative is. So I, I guess it is from the get-go knowing what am I writing, who am I writing it for, and why does it need to be written? Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that those things have to be, like, super deep. Like, it is just a nice thing to be able to know. And I think for our for this show, what I really wanted to keep is, like, it's just fun. Like, it's just nice. And I think we, we will make some maybe some like poignant moments maybe we'll have that we'll have some like really really high quality singing and really really high quality mu- uh, music but the purpose is to entertain the purpose is to get people excited and to show them something that they might not have seen before or a side of acapella that they didn't know was even possible um but yeah no in terms in terms of like 
writing stuff and getting it done I think it is just it's just plodding along and then it's also knowing when to say no and knowing when to be like that's bad I'll stop doing that or finding the time of day that suits you best so like I'm a morning person I've got to get up and go um but I know some people that are like I'll start at 11 p.m and then I'll finish at the, <laughs> the small hours of the morn um but that just doesn't work for me so I think it's just it's finding a thing that works for you knowing what you want to write and understanding how to write it or how not to write it like knowing what you don't want to do because if you if you spend days and days writing a, a huge chunk of something and it wasn't what you were meant to do then you've just wasted your time you don't want to waste your time you need to use it use i've got it a humbly. question for you um <laughs> surprise um, <laughs> so obviously when we started we were hoping well we expected edinburgh edinburgh fringe 2020 to go ahead still um and as we now know, that was not the case. Um, did you have a different kind of process or structure when you had the aim to get the script done for Edinburgh 2020 versus 2021? Or I reckon you would have... I, I think it would have been the same process, just with, like, some bits skipped in the middle. So I think it's just that we've had the time to be able to be, like, to make some like character bios and to ask questions of characters and to have like a thesis statement and a statement of intent and all those things that you don't you don't need to have they're just nice to have it just gives you that clarity to be able to have like a jumping board and it's sort of it's almost like going out in the cold but having a coat or not having a coat like you'll be fine if you don't have a coat but you'll be better if you do so it's just that that extra level of insulation of like I feel comforted by the fact that I know that I'm working towards this plan. But if I didn't have the plan, it would still happen because I've got you two as well. So I, th I think that's the thing as well. Like, I've never written like this. Because we did have, like, it was still collaborative when we did 10 Things I Hate About Acapella because we were doing it as a team and we were working towards um, working towards the same thing. And lots of things changed in rehearsal because we had lots of time to do rehearsals, which we don't have with this. Um but as well, w working with people, it means you can ask questions and be like, does this work? Is this a thing? Can you, can you do this? Which I think is so valuable for writing because writing is such a, a solitary thing. And I think if you were someone that was, I don't know, someone, <laughs> someone that backed themselves like wholeheartedly, I'd, I think you'd almost, you'd stumble at that point because if you just think like this, this, is, this is how it should be and I, I won't change my point of view, I can't do anything differently then that, that won't work out. It's just better when you've got people to bounce off of and people to ask and people to tell you, no, that's a bit shit. And you can be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Thank like you. It was like the bit, the bit this morning where we were having a read-through of the, the extra bits you've added to the script, like today. And what was the line that all of us read through? And immediately you just went, no, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the story like in a few bars or something about a few bars. And then the music began. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it's literally like a song comes after that. It's like, the, the, no, the it statement. was like, it was like, <laughs> here's some, the, the, oh, a huge life moments come across in just a few bars. I mean, that's such an awful way to advertise a show anyway. Um, but then, then the music starts and you're like, no. No, that's not, that's not good. And it's one of those things it's where, like, if, if I had just written that down and, and looked at that and been like, yeah, I would have just been like, yeah, that's fine, it's great. And then it just, But it just takes sometimes, like, sitting with other people and suddenly realising that, like, there are other people looking at this reading the same thing and you're like, I've made a horrible <laughs> mistake. <laughs> this, is, 
<laughs> a fatal error. <laughs> but like that, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like that was a really nice, it's a nice sentiment and it's exactly what we wanted to get across. But it's just like a case of yeah. you then just want to rearrange the way it's said rather than like actually like yeah. nothing... There's been nothing through this whole process. I would like to caveat this conversation, but there's been nothing in this process that any of us have turned around and been like, this is awful. George, please, like, go and rewrite this kind of thing. Because, like, just, it just stop yeah. <laughs> the whole script has been such a pleasure to read. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, stop it. I do, I, and I think it's one of those things where you have to put your ego aside. And there's such a weird thing where it's, like, the author or the writer who has this, like, story in the heart that must be set free i just i just don't see that as a thing i don't understand how they can all go on one person's shoulders and be like this is my story to tell because any story has more than one point of view and if you are just one person saying it surely to an extent you can only have that one point of view you've 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 got your own worldview that you can't you can sort of like know what's going on elsewhere but you can't you don't have that lived experience so i think being able to chat to people and like acknowledge where you don't know things is just as important as as backing yourself and saying like oh yeah no I, I, I can't do that bit so yeah I think chatting to people has been the best thing about this experience to writing because all of my experience for writing in the past has been like <laughs> sitting and writing <laughs> <laughs> surprise surprise all of my writing experience in the past oh, is yeah, like, doing writing <laughs> like writing <laughs> I love it I love it I love it do you have any do you have any interesting advice tips things you would um give to people who are starting out or are in the process of writing a script <laughs> me me you, my uh, the a seasoned writer the pinnacle of your career george <laughs> george helps it's so weird though isn't it because like i'm just not a i'm not a writer i've never been good at writing i've never um writing has never been the thing where I'm like that's my thing it's just like something that I don't mind doing and I don't mind I like I like stories and I like people and characters and understanding people and I think writing things is just what I've sort of fallen into as to how I can express that um but tips and or tricks (laughs) I am so I'm a creative person but also I'm incredibly um about to say anal, but I'm not going to say anal. What's another word? Well, you did. (laughs) (laughs) You did anyway. You said it twice. (laughs) I am. You could cut out if you wanted to, but I don't think you will. Um, (laughs) You already know by editing too well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pernickety. So my tips and tricks are colour coding. Oh my God. I love colour coding. My next thing is printing something out and writing it by hand because like I I don't know I've always had this thing where like I I really I always I don't know why I remember this parents evening year two my teacher turns around to my mum and says Georgia Georgia's fine she's okay but she thinks too quickly for her hands to write this has always been my problem my brain <laughs> doesn't my brain doesn't slow down enough for my hands to write quick enough so like I will write things down and I'll write a whole sentence and miss like five words <laughs> in the sentence and like I know what I'm meant to be saying <laughs> but then if I don't proofread it it's like that's literally just words like that someone's just written random words <laughs> on a page and it's not a sentence um, so re rereading rewriting writing physically onto like a typed thing i think that's really really helpful but like equally i don't know like it, it, it there's no there's no right or wrong way of doing it which i think is 
good and bad it's it's always nice to be able to be like i have a perfect formula for doing this one task and i know it's going to be foolproof and work every single time but i just don't think that's the thing you can do particularly with creative writing i think you can have far more of a structure if you're writing like essays or articles or like those kind of pieces but when it is creative you've got to stick within like a a structure but then equally all the good stuff is like diverting from the structure anyway so that it is it is that there's so many things you can do which is wonderful but awful at the same time (laughs) yeah i feel like as soon as you start to box a lot of creative things into a very specific structure like as soon as you start to say like step one step two i think that's when people i don't know because sometimes you get people who do do step by step like structures like that and they come up with really creative stuff but like you say i think if you try and do that repeatedly that's when people start commenting on like a lack of originality whereas like you can do that and then the next time you write it you're like oh on step two this time i'm going sideways rather than straight down it's like yeah like i'm hopping about stifling yourself isn't it yeah exactly and it's with any creative subject you, you don't need that no but I think what I, I don't know this this makes me think of something else is like I this is something I'm dealing with at the moment as an unemployed graduate for creativity <laughs> just just in case you didn't know if anyone wants to employ me our sponsors this week are uh, um, indeed.com uh, they are a great platform for receiving thousands of job rejections into your inbox every morning <laughs> I, I love it it's my it's my favorite thing um but no like in terms of writing creating singing music theater all these things i i'm sort of at a point of like does it does it need to be vocational or is it something that is just a hobby at what point do your hobbies become the thing that is the thing that keeps you going mm. i don't know because this is this is enough Ooh. this is enough Very this is this has been such a good <laughs> so interesting <laughs> such good this has been such a good creative outlet. Yeah, and like I don't know if if you could you just keep doing this forever where it's not this isn't our source of income, but this is a source of creative like I don't know. Fulfillment. Like, fulfillment, yeah. I think I think it depends when you when you want to do it. Like I would say um if, for me it's it stops being fun if someone says can you arrange this in this way for me then i'm like oh yeah sad times if yeah. I have yeah. To. fine do you know what i mean whereas if it's like hey like as in in this process oh i'm like um there's a uh, scene halfway through the script and there's a song and i was like guys i'm not sure about this what do you think and they were like oh you know it's cool it's fine like no problem and I was like, oh, um, okay, well, I'm going to try and work on something in the meantime, which I think might work better. And if it doesn't, then fine, we've still got what we've got. And that, for me, is the kind of more yeah. vocational bit. Making things work better and better and better because yeah. you want it to be better, rather than having a kind of, I guess, more, like, mm. businessy approach. Well, depending on what kind of business it is, obviously. But, like, can you do this to fit this purpose? Yeah. I really struggle, I I kind of almost struggle to understand how people often write really creative things under specific commissions. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, some if you have a real, like, in-depth knowledge of a creative area and somebody's like, oh, you're, you're like, an expert in your knowledge base, I'd like you to write this for, for this specific purpose, then, like, that's understandable. But like you say, Charlie, it's like, 
if you're being asked to do something and your heart is not fully in it, I guess maybe that's yeah. where people just say no and they say, you know, I'm not invested in this. But at the same time, like, if that, like you say... Most people say no. Apparently we are like, fine, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're the, the pushovers who just accept any choice. But then at the same time, if that's your form of income, sometimes you yeah, have to. If sometimes you, you are if you've forced to. you've got to make a living, you've got to make a living. No, but it, it yeah. is, you, you've almost got to go through those things to get to the place where you want to be. Like with, so yeah. on the writing course I did, the big thing they said, how you get into writing professionally is writing radio plays because they're quick to produce, they're cheap and like people will always want them. And there's so many places that do radio plays. And like once you do that, that's how you get yourself out there, how you get your name out there. Um, so that's a that's a tip for anyone. But I think doing that made me realise I definitely don't want to do writing professionally. I mean, I've I've enjoyed this. Thanks, guys. I've had a nice time. Um, but I definitely, <laughs> I but definitely don't want to do this job. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's just that I don't think I can handle that pressure of having to be creative. I adore no. being creative and having like creative outlets and fun things to do and thinking of new ways to do things. But, like, that pressure of you've got until Tuesday to come up with this new exciting thing yeah. that no one's ever thought of before. How scary. But You're, yeah. you're right, you're right on, the, on the nose with that, though, because um, I had exactly the same thing over the summer with the a journalism course I took, and they were like, you know, most of the stuff that you do that's your creative vision, you have to do for free, or you pay somebody to come in and help you to do that, to do, like an editorial photo shoot or to do a really creative article or like essay piece whereas they're like your your income and your your supportive your financial support will come from writing the tat at the front of a magazine where it's like the shopping page or like writing for yeah. I don't know hello magazine a really like kind of basic fashion article and it's like when you have a specific interest like I was like you know sustainability in fashion is quite a serious topic it's something that can't be taken that lightly and it's like then being told that you have to write a shopping page for Mary Claire magazine to like earn any money in the industry. It's like, it feels a bit soul destroying because going back to like what you said about Christmas, yeah. it's like that capitalist thing of like, you have to sell something to other people to then be able to do what you want to do mm. creatively. And I think that's, that's where yeah. the crux comes. And the people who have made it with their creative vision are able to support themselves financially by doing the stuff that they love and therefore able to produce really high quality stuff because it comes from that place of passion. But there's so many really talented people out there who are almost like stifled by... I'm trying not to get too political because I feel like this is going to turn into like... I love it. Some no, kind of like I, but like this socialist is, rant. <laughs> I feel like every time we say something a bit serious, we have to like have a caveat be like, but the show's fun. The show is fun. Like we might be bored. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. I do. I, I get you though. Like it's, it's always that balance, isn't it? Within creative industries of what you want to do and what you have to do to make the things you want to do happen. But I guess like George, so with this, obviously I know you wanted to take a fringe show and like at the start, were you considering, we know you've said, oh, you're not, super super keen on writing scripts and that that's not what you want the end goal career to kind of be um what led you to write this script um, um uh, <laughs> i think so what i'm telling people is that i'm a producer but i think that's like i just decided about a year ago to be like i have to tell people i'm something so that's what i'll do i mean like i like doing that that's more like the organizational um annoying side of me that comes out what why did i write this 
I think because I like you two. If you two, if it wasn't a project with you two, yeah, I don't think I would have done it because I don't think. I mean, it's it's really wonderful that it's come across at this point because I think I would have. I joke and I joke quite a lot about the fact that I did my masters just to stay at uni for another year, which I think is a completely valid reason to do a masters because you're still learning, you're still doing things that are serving you but if you found yourself in a situation where you're happy and you feel like you're thriving why not stay in that situation for a little bit longer like I genuinely believe that um and it's really lovely that I've had this opportunity to do this a year after my master's where I sort of feel like I am using maybe the one or two skills that I picked up in the year that I was there um so that's that's quite nice um yeah no but I just think it was to to do something creative with people that i liked doing stuff with i think i think that's what it was i don't know and also Why? probably partially to do with the fact that charlie and i well we're, we're not in t- completely incapable but i feel like i couldn't write a script so i'm like george <laughs> you did this for a master's please yeah, write well, like, for us you 100 percent would have been able to do it it just might not have been what it is now but like if any one of us weren't doing this it wouldn't have been the thing it was now and if any one of the cast weren't in it it wouldn't be what it is now like it is just the the people that yeah. are there philosophical are i don't know that the people bring that bring the the vibes you know that's what it is but yeah it's, it is just mm. I don't think it's going back to that. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do things for things to end up. It's just that's the way they are in that time and place that you've made a new thing, and that's what's that's what's cool about it. I think, but yeah, yeah, I think it's I a, I think it's a good, it's a neat little script. I mean, it's it's I I enjoy the fact that like there's such an openness with the fact that like it's constantly like we're constantly thinking about how to like revise it and and make it. The, me- the best it can be and, and make it make it realistic make it feel like it's people actually talking to other people <laughs> I think I think the thing with this script is we've really tried to sort of have the balance between making it fun and engaging and good for people to watch and listen to but then also to sort of make it proper like we wanted to make it a, a real thing and it's only short we've got like tw- it's like a half half an hour i don't know <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of dialogue um and we're really excited to get up on its feet in our heads because uh, we can't actually see people but like that's another hurdle we'll deal with that later um but i'm i'm really pleased we've got it so far and i'm really pleased to see where it goes pleased to see where it goes I don't know. You could cut a bit out again, Rob. This is <laughs> I'm really making <laughs> Rob work for his um his no money that he's getting for doing this. <laughs> just adding some extra yeah, hours of that... labour to my week, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep it busy. It's these time we 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 need things to keep us occupied. Because I'm just so bored. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, so bored. But I hope I hope you two like the script. I think that's that's the most important thing to me. I reckon at this point, I hope I you two like reading it. I hope you re- I hope you read it every night before you go to oh, bed, just like I watch our other show every night before I go to bed. You know what, George? I I get my I get my mum to come into my room, and I'm like, Mum, can you please read me the one person one open mic night scripts as a bedtime story? <laughs> And she reads me to sleep every night. I yeah no I reckon that's how we make it profitable, guys. We make a children's book and we will illustrate it, and that's that's how we make our millions. Who's okay, gonna be sorted. the illustrator? I can't draw. <laughs> I can't draw. Maybe you can't, but I can. I have. You know, my nephew once thought I was drawing a dog, and he was like, "Why have you drawn an ant?" And I thought, "I'm not. 
I'm not going to say this to you, Jacob, the seven-year-old, but ants have six legs. And <laughs> I don't know what you think of the extra legs here. But you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I, ha- I have another question for you. Do you? Actually, to both of you. So we've recently had our first read-through with the characters, um, rather than just us. Um, what did you guys think that brought to the script that you weren't expecting or is there anything that you weren't expecting that it brought to the script or um, it, in all honesty for me selfishly that was just a bit of a confidence boost because i am oh did i tell you this this is a this is another little insight into my week i did a pyrometric is it pyrometrics that like the employability test i'm basically applying for grad schemes at the moment and you have to do these games where they like learn all about you and all of who oh, you psychometric are psychometric testing short interactive oh yeah that uh, <laughs> i was gonna say because you said <laughs> you said pyrometric and i'm like that means fire <laughs> like that's to do with fire it's like you becoming a fireman because i'm on fire, fire person fire breather <laughs> in in i'm so sorry psychometric that's what i did um and <laughs> Basically, it, it generated this, like, word wall of... You know those things that are, like, the words that are the biggest are the ones that most apply to you? Yeah. And my biggest word... This this was this really... I saw deeply into my soul. Um, My biggest word was modest. And I was like, how can someone's biggest character trait be modesty? I, you know, I... I think... How boring! Oh, no! <laughs> no, but... Okay, obviously, for some of you listeners out there might know George well personally, some of you may not, but, like, even with the script, you've already said, like, you would see yourself as a producer, but you're 100% Mm -hmm. writer and producer, and I would say, Rob, hopefully, you know, you don't feel too put down by this, but I think we have been editors, and George has been, like, like, principal writer. Yeah, 100%. But I think it would take a, a fair amount for you to say that, and even, you know, as we've been recording today... Like Rob has been like, yeah, George, you're the writer, and you've been like, well, maybe. I think I do, Charlie. I think you cut it on. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you don't know. But also, yeah, going back to your question, having real people <laughs> and the real people that are the actors that are going to perform it, um, it was just really lovely to hear it hear it performed. I'm not sure if it was unexpected. Well, they they definitely did some unexpected things. Um, and I'm excited to see what else unexpected they do that like add stuff to it. Um, but also, oh no, the, actually, the, the my final thing. <laughs> this is this is my final answer. Um, lock it in. <laughs> um, it is just that you get to. I think it made me excited to then do some changes because I haven't changed much of the script in the last couple of months because we've been doing rehearsals and like had other priorities with the show um but hearing it made me want to go in and be like oh what can we change what can we add what can we make different and like it was an exciting thing rather than like a oh this is an editing slog where i'm on my 25th draft of something that i don't want to write anymore but like it was just excitement which i think is all we can ask for from anyone or like want want to to give people i want to give people some exciting things you know like like what about you Rob did anything, did anything exciting happen for you because you are Rob is a character uh, in case people didn't know he's a he's a speaking person that speaks <laughs> speaks Rob the speaking quite to the character <laughs> <laughs> that's how I describe what's Rob what's that supposed to be Charlie <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, it was fun. It was fun reading through the part that I am eventually going to, like, be on stage here. I think it's it's a weird one, especially when you read through scripts for the first time, because I'm, like, envisioning in seven months or eight months or whenever it is time being on a stage actually saying these lines, like, with confidence yeah. in between bits of music. That was really odd and interesting to kind of, like, feel how it's going to change and develop. But the thing I really enjoyed, this happened with um, Ten Things as well when we did it with the Songsmiths. And I remember turning to you, George, afterwards, and I think I was probably quite accidentally underhandedly rude about it. But it was the fact that when I was reading through the script, like, by myself and just reading the words, none of the jokes made any sense to me because I couldn't, like, I couldn't visualise. I don't have that ability to, like, visualise how people are going to say it. And then I remember it was it was when there was that joke about the beatboxing. Yeah. And you were like, I hate having... The line was, I hate having to learn lyrics. And it's the beatboxer who had just beatboxed for the entire show so far and hadn't, you know, sung any words. Yeah. And he was like, I hate having to learn lyrics. And when I read that through, I was like, yeah, okay, he hates having to learn lyrics. And then when it was on stage the first time, I actually audibly laughed because I was like, the joke makes sense. Yeah, I was strongly anti that joke. I don't know if you remember, George, but I was no, very well, like, this anti because I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> The best thing is, is guys, I didn't write that joke. Edwin, the beatboxer, didn't write that joke. <laughs> no, 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 but like, I did write other jokes. I am kind of funny, uh, if I want to be. But no, that that is a whole other thing, isn't it? It's, mm. I enjoy, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, actually. We, I think we've learned a lot about me. I think I've learned a lot about me in this 40 minute <laughs> chat. But it is that I enjoy, like <laughs> I enjoy writing to perform i would never write a novel i don't really like writing essays i like writing for the stage because i like that idea of this isn't finished someone else is going to pick this up add something to it and then do it in front of an audience and anytime you do anything in front of an audience it will it will change every day because and like it's that's such a fringe thing as well because you're going to get different people coming in the door every every day you can't rely on laughs you can't rely on people Mm. to find the same things like heartwarming or funny or because like it's different people so I, I and especially for that show there were days where we got laughs for laughs for things and you came back another day and like it was yeah. silent like dead like dead. no one absolutely yeah. it's like it's like and everyone was like it was cardboard cutouts of people in the audience not real people um but you can't take it to heart because it is that people have got different sense of humor <laughs> i think it was yeah no it was it was all us but no i i i like being funny i like writing for the stage and i like writing with rob and charlie there you go that's Yay. it that's that's your little summary opposite from the start of this where george was not the writer and did not enjoy writing <laughs> yeah and now she's like i love writing it's my favorite i am a writer through and through oh, but i think to, cap- to 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 slot in our weekly mention of our favorite character sexy boy <laughs> i think he was the example of that in this show in the fact that like when I was reading through the script, I was like, it's funny that we have Sexy Boy, but I don't understand Sexy Boy. And then we did the read-through and Olivia did such a good job of, like, she was even on Zoom, like, looking across at him. And I was like, I feel like there is some poor sod of a boy sat just outside of frame on this Zoom meeting who's like... (laughs) Just so you know, uh, Rob, as you can't see Rob, that was him being in that was he was doing an impression of a boy being interrupted oh yeah <laughs> boy interrupted <laughs> that's the story that's 
sexy boy story. Uh, yeah, that's what we could do. That's the sequel. Okay, guys, you've you've really we've got our creative a creative excitement. Boy, interrupt me! The electricity in our brains is just going off. So. The life, the life and times of sexy boy. Um, but yeah, no, it's one of those things where he just he just made so much more sense as like a thing. Yeah, when it we is were people. People make it. If you're a writer that thinks that yeah. you are the start and end of your writing. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Newsflash. Newsflash. <laughs> no, that's no. Get that I, I, ego. Thank you. Throw it out the window. Get it's rid of important. it. On that note, shall we do our obsessions of the week? It's time for obsessions. That was me doing an impression of Hugh Jackman's vibrato. If anyone hasn't... Oh, can I start with my obsession? Oh, yeah, yeah please. Because this can be my obsession. Um, somebody this week brought back into my life the videos of Hugh Jackman in Les Mis and other movies played while he is singing at half speed. And one of the oh, biggest I things think... about Hugh Jackman that gets me is that he has a wild vibrato that is like, it's not how, it's not just like that little shake that's slightly, you know, like you're singing a note and it goes slightly above and below. Like he goes a whole tone above and below the note he is singing. And when you play, if you haven't already, look up on YouTube, Hugh Jackman singing at half speed. It, oh my God, it's the funniest it's thing you will watch yeah. in a long time. Because it, it is literally It makes you question him, how like, you could ever think that he was good. Yeah, because you listen You're to like, him and he's oh. like, King, him, <laughs> And it's like you can fully just hear him like <laughs> waving around like a whole scale doing this vibrato. And uh, for anyone who is non-musical and or doesn't understand like what vibrato means, it's the, the way people shake their voice when you sing a note. Instead of just being like, ah, they go like, ah, and his is just crazy. So go listen, go educate yourselves <laughs> on Hugh Jackman. That's been my obsession. Oh my God, hilarious. That was a really good obsession. Well, thank you. I tried. That is very, very good. Charlie. Would you like mine now? Oh, George, go oh. for it. <laughs> Sorry, George. Oh. Charlie, you go. Charlie, Charlie, please go. Charlie, please. No, you go, you go. Okay, I'll go. Um, so my obsession of the week is... <laughs> photographs don't laugh at me it's photographs so this is either a good obsession or a bad obsession i haven't decided i love looking at like old physical pictures but then also my other obsession has been looking at old like facebook and instagram pictures is it good is it bad i don't know the good thing is you're reliving nice memories and having a nice time but also the bad thing is is you're reliving nice memories that aren't happening right now. So I think it's, it's, it's good. It's good and bad. But also, I, I think uh, anyone should go off and just look through some pictures. I think, to be honest, I know my social media more than anyone else's social media. I stalk myself more than I stalk anyone on the planet. I'm obsessed with me. Um, and I'm obsessed with pictures of me. And also my friends. So clearly um, that modesty thing from earlier was incorrect. That's the but... bit I'm going to cut <laughs> from this down. week's episode because it's clearly not true. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for lying to you all. <laughs> but yeah, that's me for the week. Charlie, no, but what I... are you obsessed with? What? 
because i think it is a valid thing and i think people do like i i mean i am self-obsessed and everyone knows that but i i do that sometimes as well where i'll like scroll through my instagram or just through my camera roll to be like ah, oh, what happened i don't know six months ago what nice what memories I can to? i think about yeah but yeah. i think we'll also do a poll on the instagram so that people can vote whether it's good or bad i want people to to identify whether they yeah. think that this is a good or a bad one so mm-hmm. watch out for that guys Am I helping myself or not? Yeah, please, yeah. <laughs> please partake. <laughs> that is intriguing. I look forward to seeing what people have to say about that. And we'll do a second one, which will be George, self-obsessed, <laughs> modest. <laughs> See what you're doing. <laughs> what about you, Charlie? Um, what have you been obsessed with? Um, yes, my. Oh, do you know what? It's that time of year. I must come across like I'm Christmas obsessed. I'm not <laughs> afraid of that. Um, but it's those awful awful movies mostly on well not mostly on netflix but on netflix like the princess switch of vanessa hudgens the princess switch 2 um what's that the a christmas prince that's a good one as well there are three of those basically any really awful and incredibly cheesy christmas movie also channel 5 they do a great selection of awful christmas movies do you would recommend oh yeah absolutely oh i need to get on that if i'm honest anything from the holiday deck the halls right down to a knight k-n-i-g-h-t as in sir knight of the round table kind of vibe a night before christmas (laughs) also starring vanessa hudgens that one's on netflix i think um and that is i saw that one for the first time last year i think a night from like you know medieval ages or whatever is somehow i can't remember how but somehow transported to modern times where he falls in love with Vanessa Hudgens it's great would recommend obviously around Christmas oh guys I'm rewriting the script I've just been inspired we need more nights no Um, you know what that is Charlie you know what that is that is exactly what we were talking about earlier where a writer has been contacted by Disney or whoever's done that and they've been like here's a plot that you need to write and they've been allowed Mm. no creative agency so they're like you know what a knight gets transported from medieval England to the future yeah. in America. <laughs> Who knows how he travels across the Atlantic? Like, a knight from medieval England... Like, they didn't know America so existed. They didn't know <laughs> that it was a yeah. thing. They wouldn't know where they are. Well, I mean, they wouldn't know where they are because it's the wrong time. <laughs> but the thing but... is, as well, he eventually... Oh, actually, I won't spoil it. Oh, yeah, um, no, please, But please. let me know what you think if you've got any suggestions for me. I love a good rom-com, and Christmas rom-coms are even better, so... Happy days. And if I'm honest, I've been obsessed with any form of rom-com since about age 15. It's a long-standing so obsession. I've probably seen it, but send it to me anyway. Mm. Yeah. Or let's start a review page or something. <laughs> rom-com, cheesy rom-com review page. Let's sack off 1001 entirely yeah, and let's just change this up into a review page of rom-com. A, a Vanessa Hudgens fan account. I think that's what you need. Yeah. <laughs> Love Epi- it. Happy episode four of the podcast is just i hope you're ready next week it's just going to be a list of our top 10 vanessa hudgens moments in rom-coms i was fully i was reading a list of the worst um christmas movies available on um on netflix and christmas and operation princess switch 2 no the, it was on there uh, princess switch 2 was on there there were then three versions of vanessa hudgens instead of two there were two in the original the princess switch number one um, but no, the worst one was The Night Before Christmas. And I thought, do you know what? Fair play, because even I didn't believe what was going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't pass the Charlie test, it's no good. <laughs> Indeed. No. Yeah. 
I really enjoy that. I really, really thoroughly Honestly, enjoy that. I think that's... I really enjoyed today. Same. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, though? Thanks, By guys. the end of this year, all of our, like, super fun listeners, yay you, go you for still listening to us. Yeah, well done. They'll know so much about us. Yeah. maybe People we'll are going to come to this show crazy. and they're going to feel uncomfortable with the fact that they are, like, so <laughs> intimately familiar with the details of... They'll be, they'll be watching on stage and they'll be like, I know that Charlie is sat backstage thinking about a Princess Switch 3 <laughs> coming out Vanessa. in a month and a half's time, <laughs> obsessively stalking Vanessa Hudgens' Instagram, and that George is, you know, scrolling through her own Instagram, <laughs> looking back at photos from a year ago. <laughs> George is listening to this episode I, of the podcast to listen to her yeah. own voice. <laughs> well, I'm going to be intrigued to see if Rob's is a third different video obsession next week. Did I do a video? Because episode? it's been two videos in a row so far. It has. Did I do? Was mine? Mm. Was no, mine no, Wendy? No, was, last was, was it that? No, last week it was Canadian. Oh my oh, god! Oh, yeah, it was oh. the but you have day. also mentioned Wendy Williams. I'm yeah. pretty sure at some point. I mean, it has to be done episodes. every week because remember, guys, if you see a native New Yorker, just don't open the door. Leave don't it shut them. because they them. they understand that no one opens the door for them. And they're okay with that. I really need to watch this video because I do. don't know. Have you not watched it yet? Okay, right. Everyone, if you're if you're listening at home, it's your assignment to go and listen yeah. to Wendy no Williams. I don't care if you've already listened to. You it, know what I might do? I might actually download that audio and use that as the yes. transition and/or outro to this episode of the podcast. So if you're listening and you hear Wendy Williams either now and/or within the next couple of seconds, you know that I've successfully managed to do that. Yeah. Probably some copywriting issues. I mean, but I'm ready. That's fine. We'll see how it goes. I think it's fine. You've got our, you've got our back. It's okay. So I, I'm ready. <laughs> Whatever happens. Are, are we going to count down? I hope you, three to, I hope you three enjoy. To Wendy. Here it is, Wendy Williams. Um, and we'll see you next week. We love you for watching this evening, but this is for New York. Young men, riding the subway. this week's episode we really appreciate all the support and kind words we've been receiving online 
Our Patreon page is now live, very exciting. So if you're looking for even more behind the scenes exclusive content, you can find us by searching 1001 Open Mic Nights on Patreon. If you've got any questions about the podcast or any aspects of the show at all, just email us at 1001openmicnights at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram where we're 1001OMN. Thanks for listening and ciao for now. Da, 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 da.